You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. Ian, the winter meetings right around the corner. We'll be down in Florida next week. We'll be doing this podcast in person for a change. Looking forward to that. But uh, let's look ahead a little bit because this offseason continues to be kind of stuck, it seems. But there's reason to be hopeful for the winter meetings because there are some reports out there that Shohei Otani and Giancarlo Stanton may make up their minds by the end of the week. Uh, and if those two guys find teams, then the winter meetings could be crazy. A lot of things could happen because that may kind of open the doors for a lot of other stuff. So from the Red Sox standpoint, because they seem to be, well, they're officially out on Otani and they seem to be out on Stan as well. It's back to, to what we talked about before those guys. And, and for from you, we've heard all along that you think J.D. Martinez eventually is going to be the guy. Do you think that could get done at the winter meetings, or is that going to take a long time before Scott Boris' client um, kind of figures out a team? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what uh, price Scott Boris is looking for compared to what teams are offering. I mean, if there's a big gap, it could go on for a while. So you know how it goes with Scott. It could go either way. Um, yeah, I think J.D. Martinez makes a lot of sense um, just because he's a right-handed bat who Dave Dombrowski is very familiar with. Uh, straight cash transaction. You don't have to worry about trading prospects. You don't even need to uh, forego a draft pick to get JD Martinez because he wasn't able to. He wasn't extended a qualifying offer from the Diamondbacks. Uh, but also look at Eric Hosmer. That could be another guy um, they look at. He's got a winning pedigree. He's a, a very good first baseman, left-handed hitter. In Hosmer's case, a better positional fit because um, that's the position they need to fill right now is first base. So I would say. I think the Red Sox will come away with one of those two guys this winter, and I agree with you that the Stanton thing and the Atani thing is sort of serving as a bottleneck, and once those guys are off the market, you know, things will move along. I think a lot of Red Sox fans would say, why would we want Eric Hosmer, while he's a great first baseman and he's a good hitter, not a real power hitter? Is there – I mean – the Red Sox, do you think there's a thought there that the power is still going to come? He hit more homers last year than he has, and maybe in a smaller ballpark, Kansas City, obviously a pitcher's home. Is there a thought that he could hit for more power? Because in his career to this point, he hasn't been that guy. Yeah, you know, I don't think so. I think the power thing is uh, a little over-dramatized. Like the Red Sox were last in the American League in home runs last year uh, because a lot of guys dipped below what, what you expect them to hit. But, you know, a good hitter is a good hitter. If you have nine good hitters in your lineup, uh, you know, I don't care if they're hitting home runs or not. That's going to translate to a lot of runs. And Hosmer is a guy who has a nice stroke for Fenway Park, goes to the opposite field. Um, he, his swing would play well there, much like it does for Andrew Benintendi, um, who's not a huge power guy. But sometimes with 20, 25 home run guys, if you have those throughout your lineup, uh, you're going to come up with enough power. And uh, just the home runs are so over the top in 2017. I don't know if it was the baseballs or what, but I'm not sure that's going to continue again next year. So I think that, uh, like I said, I think that people are, uh, you know, worrying too much about the power. And I don't, I think the Red Sox are just looking right now at getting as many good hitters as they can, rather than um, looking for a guy who's definitely going to hit 35 or 40 homers. Obviously having a great first baseman to help as well. They had that with Mitch Moreland a year ago, who swung the bat well until the injury. And you would think Hosmer would swing the bat even better. All right, let's look at, a little back in the, the annals of winter meetings past, uh, one of the big ones for the Red Sox, and you're writing about it on the site, Ian, is back in 2000, where a lot of money was spent in that offseason, and the Red Sox were right there in the thick of things. 
Manny Ramirez was signed officially eight years, $160 million back uh, at a time when $20 million a year was a huge amount of money. It's still a lot of money, but we see more and more of those contracts now. But it's an interesting deal because you think back on Manny's eight years and all the money they spent on him, and he earned every penny of it, I think. Yeah, you know, it was kind of a wild ride with, with Manny Ramirez. And, uh, you know, crazy that was 17 years ago that they signed him. And uh, people forget it was right after the Alex Rodriguez signing with the Rangers for 10 years at $252 million. Uh, It was like a, hours later, maybe the next day, when, when Manny signed his deal with the Red Sox. And, uh, you know, it was the first time the Red Sox had ever signed an elite free agent, as crazy as that sounds. They were never big players. You know, the Yankees would outspend them all the time, and uh, the Red Sox would tend to get their guys more in trade than, than free agency. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's some funny recollections of that time when Manny signed, and one of them was that, you know, ESPN did this Outside the Lines uh, documentary where uh, Jeff Mora, the agent for Manny Ramirez, that's these cameras trail them around the entire negotiations. This was like for weeks at a time. And, uh, this special that they aired after Manny signed, you could hear all the phone calls with, uh, you know, Duquette and Morad and, uh, Manny and Duquette and all this kind of thing. And then, uh, so they get the deal done with Manny. And then all of a sudden Manny says, he's only going to go if the Red Sox will hire Frank Mancini, the batting practice, uh, you know, clubhouse guy with Cleveland, man. He said that was the only way he would go. So Manny had this heartfelt conversation with Mancini, who said, look, Manny, I have family. I don't want to leave Cleveland. Um, we have a house in Winter Haven, which is where the Indians train. So he broke the news to a crestfallen Manny Ramirez that he wouldn't be joining him in Boston. At first, Frank didn't think Manny was going to take the deal. <laughs> and then uh, Manny ends up going anyway. But it was just kind of a, a funny thing at the time. And Morad also said that this is the first free agent signing that ever happened over email. He did the whole thing with Duquette via email and back in 2000. That was not uh, quite as common as it is now where, you know, business transactions taking place over email. Back then, people were still using fax machines. So it's kind of funny. That was sort of the start of uh, technology wave, too, where, you know, back then. Now it's uh, text messages. Forget email. We've moved on from that as well. So I guess that's the first instance uh, right there up front of Manny being Manny trying to bring the guy with him. I think it was big for the Red Sox, too, because everybody kind of assumed Manny being from New York City would end up with the Yankees, and the Red Sox came in and swooped him. You think back on Manny, and and I said it, Manny being Manny was kind of the, the theme throughout his career, so many crazy things, but the one thing he always did was hit and he was obviously a member of, of two World Series teams. He went out bad. Obviously, that, that final season was tough. Um, but before that, I mean, here's a guy that rarely got hurt, always produced, and was, was always a lot of fun. Um, I, I, there was no disappointment there, I think, for Red Sox fans. Yeah, the one thing that kind of sticks out with Manny is, like, a lot of these big-name free agents who came to Boston – uh, it was tough for him, the environment there. He wasn't ready for all the all the scrutiny and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I think just about once a year he, he would ask to be traded. But uh, unlike yeah. Carl Crawford and, uh, you know, John Lackey or, you know, David Price to a degree, um, he always, you know, the entire time he was there, he produced at an elite level. And, uh, you know, as much as he might not have been thrilled to be in Boston sometimes, he always was able to, for those three hours he was on the field, he was able to put it all aside and uh, put up, you know, huge numbers. So that's what I'll always remember about Manny Ramirez is that nothing ever really faced him when he was in that batter's box. 
And 2004 certainly doesn't happen without Manny Ramirez, that's for sure. Uh, some news and notes for the Red Sox over the last week since we've talked to you. Tyler Thornburg avoided arbitration, one year, $2.05 million. Obviously, uh, they traded for him at the winter meetings a year ago. That didn't work out. He missed the whole season with injury. Two years ago, they traded for Carson Smith at the, tr- at the winter meetings. He missed the whole season with injury. So hopefully they don't go that route to fill out the bullpen depth this year. Maybe free agency is the way to go. But Thornburg signs the one-year deal avoiding the arbitration. Uh, at what point during 2018 do they hope he can come back and pitch? Yeah, they're still uh, waiting to feel that. I mean, he hasn't been ruled out yet for the start of the season, but maybe we'll find out more about um, where things are with Tyler Thornburg when we get to the winter meetings next week and a lot of the times he get updates like that there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking for him to have a bounce back year. I mean, people forget he was supposed to be their primary setup guy last year, and uh, now they have a pretty good bullpen even without him. So I think what they'll do is they'll, be, they'll do what they did with Carson Smith last year, and they'll be sort of conservative with him and not rush him back and make sure he's right when he does come back. And then you have uh, you know, you have Tyler Thornburg to go along with Smith and uh, Matt Barnes, Joe Kelly, and uh, you know some of these other guys, Brandon Workman. So you, you have the makings of a pretty good setup because they would like to go out and get a lefty. So it'll be interesting to see if they can go out and do that. Yeah, a lot of good arms down there, but yeah, as you said, a lot of right-handers as well. Um, David Ortiz held his annual golf tournament down in the Dominican Republic. Hanley Ramirez was down there, and I guess feeling great after the surgery. I think he said was the quote that he felt like they had taken out the, the part and replaced it with a new one, and he was good to go. That's great news for the Red Sox because part of the issues with scoring runs last year obviously falls on the fact that Hanley had a, a down year. Yeah, no, that would be huge. I mean, that's what I think that the Red Sox offense is going to surprise a lot of people next season because everyone is sort of obsessing about, like, what their 2017 numbers were. Well, guys can be better than they were in 2017, and Hanley is top on that list. He's feeling good if he's getting full extension with his swing. Uh, maybe he has a year closer to what he had in, in 2016. Um, Xander Bogarts, I expect him to hit a lot better than he did last year. That was just a real down year for him. People forget he really messed up his hand. Uh, he got hit by a pitch in Tampa uh, right before the All-Star break. and wasn't really the same for the rest of the season. Uh, Bucci Betts is a guy whose numbers declined a little bit last year. He's 24 years old. He should keep getting better. Uh, Devers, are you going to get a full season of Devers next year? Uh, ben Attendi, I think he's going to have as good a year as he had this year. I think he's going to have an even better year next year because, look, he, uh, you know, he had a couple really prolonged slumps in his rookie year, so we can avoid those, you know. Watch out for this guy. So I think that the Red Sox, you know, regardless of what they do, hopefully they make a couple additions here, but I think that they're going to hit more than people think in, in 2018. All right, great stuff, Ian. Next time we do the podcast, we'll be together down there in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, at the winter meetings. I'm looking forward to it. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.